0: Blog Talk Radio Blog Talk Radio Hello, you're listening to the Clear Money Program's online radio show. I'm your host, Sarah Kurth, Community Relations Coordinator at Denver Community Credit Union. Denver Community is a not for profit financial cooperative serving the people of Denver, Arapaho and Adams counties. During this program, I'm speaking again with Janet Barger about what to look for and ask about when pursuing financial aid. Ms. Barger is a client relations and education manager at Credit Union Student Choice with over 30 years' experience. For more information about financial aid, please visit denvercommunity.studentchoice.org. Hi, Janet.
1: Hi, Sarah.
0: Welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank
1: you for having me again. I appreciate it. This is a great opportunity to talk to your listeners.
0: Absolutely. So for our listeners who didn't tune into our last program, could you please tell us a little bit about your experience in financial aid and what you do at Credit Union Student Choice?
1: Um, That 30 years experience that you mentioned earlier is primarily in the education financing arena. So I work as the Credit Union Student Choice Manager of Client Relations and Education to not only educate the credit union about education financing options and available funds, but also to help them educate their members and the communities that they serve about how to access financial aid, what's available, as well as doing things like what we're doing today to educate listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So during the last program, you recommended that students maximize their free money, meaning gift aid, money that for school that doesn't need to be repaid, such as scholarships or grants, and then borrowing only what they need with cheap money, meaning federal student loans, um, and again, only borrowing what they need. And today what I want to talk about is what they should consider before accepting financial aid. So, what questions should a student ask when being offered a scholarship or grant?
1: Well. If they're being offered a scholarship or grant, they probably are getting it from either their financial situation, so they're getting a grant in most cases because of financial need, mm-hmm. um, and that's defined in the FAFSA, which we discussed in our previous um, broadcast. Um, the other thing that you want to look at for when you're offered a scholarship, is it truly free? If you don't complete your studies or don't maintain a grade point average, um, Will you lose it? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most critical things, I think, is whether or not you get to renew it, because sometimes scholarships especially may be only for your freshman year,
0: mm. so
1: you can't get it as an upperclassman, sophomore, junior, or senior. So if you don't have that free money to cover your cost of attendance, how are you going to replace that when you um, advance through your academic schooling?
0: That's a very good point. So find out what all the requirements and conditions are that you have to meet And what about federal loans? What are the most important factors to consider? I know there are a lot of different um, fees and uh, lending limits, that kind of thing.
1: Correct. Um, Well, federal loans, in today's world, come in either the form of a Stafford loan, or uh, which is either subsidized or unsubsidized. That's most typical federal loan. There is a fee. There's an origination fee of 1%, and that's in essence to cover the cost of managing the loan. Any lending institution that, that originates loans, in some cases, will charge an origination fee, so the federal loans are no different. Interest rates uh, for the federal loans are fixed. They are defined by the federal government.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there are borrowing limits. They're contingent upon the year that the student is enrolled. So freshman year you get a certain amount of money, then sophomore it goes up, junior it goes up, senior goes up. And you can even get funding um, through the Stafford Loan Program as a graduate student. The most differentiating thing I think you need to be aware of is whether it's a subsidized Stafford or an unsubsidized Stafford. Subsidized means the government will pay the interest while you're in school, mm-hmm. which further substantiates what we call that cheap money. Okay. Or they could be using an unsubsidized, and that would be where they're responsible for the interest. That is contingent upon what the free application federal student aid states, the FAFSA states, mm-hmm. about how that family has a need, financial need. And keep in mind, financial need is something that the government defines and is different, um, not something that you and I could easily define ourselves. Okay. The other part that I think is important with federal loans is there is no credit check. These are a non-credit checked loan. They're in the student's name, so you don't have to put up any collateral. It's just based on the FAFSA information that the family provides. You did mention um, some options such as repayment options Mm -hmm. or deferment options where you don't have to make payments while you're in school. There are multiple repayment terms available. The thing about the federal loans is they really want you to pay the money back. So they're going to work very closely with you to make sure that you're able to make those payments.
0: Okay, so they're willing to be flexible depending on your financial situation after you're done right. with
1: school? And there's lots of options associated with that. Such I use one example, if you borrowed more than thirty thousand dollars, you can have twenty five years to pay, where the if you borrowed less than thirty thousand dollars you get ten years to pay. But there are mm-hmm. other options available to that. So that's just a very small description of what is available to you to help make sure you make your payments.
0: Okay, and we talked about the origination fee a little bit ago. Is that deducted from the amount that you borrow? I know that's a source of confusion for some people.
1: It absolutely is. So you get a thousand dollars, they're going to take one percent of that. Okay. So you're actually going to get to the cat or the school will get the money for one thousand less one percent.
0: Okay. And as far as um, you said that there's no credit check required so you wouldn't need a co-borrower for those loans.
1: There's no. Federal loans do not require a co-borrower, correct.
0: Okay. And if you've exhausted all of the free money and cheap money meaning gift aid and federal student loans available to you and you still need more money to fill the gap to meet the cost of attendance or COA where should you turn?
1: Well as is In our previous discussion, we talked about cost of attendance, which you can manage because there may be some flexible costs that you could reduce. So you may not need as much money as the school says you need,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so you want to make sure you borrow what you need and borrow responsibly. And I wouldn't recommend that you charge those um, costs not covered by the free or gift aid and the federal or cheap money such as putting it on your credit card because um, those terms are not as good and they expect you to make payments on it. So I yeah. think your best and that's fed-
0: a topic that's been on the news lately. A lot of uh, universities are pushing their students to charge their tuition and so forth to credit cards, and the schools in turn are making millions and millions of dollars in profits, even though it's not in the student's best um, best interest to do so.
1: Well, and and I think that's important to recognize that you do have the option to make payments. Maybe look at tuition payment. But what's truly important is to maybe look at how you could best fill that remaining need by looking at a private loan, Mm -hmm. a private student loan. And a private student loan is geared specifically to pay for education. There are some provisions associated with the student loan that would not be the same as if you went to borrow just a private loan, a personal loan, or what they call a signature loan. So um, shop around, and some of the questions that you might ask in looking for a private student loan would be, what's their rate? Mm -hmm. Do they charge an origination fee like the Stafford loan does? Um, And what are the repayment terms and what are the provisions that you have to meet while you're enrolled in school? And can you use a co-borrower to help maybe reduce the amount that you're going to be charged, that your rate that you'll actually be assessed.
0: Right. So if you don't have any credit history or poor credit history, it might be in your benefit to reduce the interest rate by having a co-borrower.
1: Absolutely. And keep in mind, a co-borrower does not have to be a parent.
0: It just Mm -hmm. has to be somebody with a good FICO score. (laughs) <laughs> and, and willing to be tied to your debt.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's probably the most critical.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you recommend taking out a single or multiple private student loans? Are they administered in the same way as a federal student loan where you uh, accept an amount and then you're stuck with that amount?
1: Well, depending on the private loan, the private student loan, some student loan private student loans are what they call closed end, so you would have to reapply every year. But then there are others that are a um a line of credit to where you could be approved for a line of credit similar and I hate using this correlation similar to a credit card. Mhm. But you take draws off of that. So I think it's important to look at that as well, because if you don't have to reapply every year using the line of credit, such as the line of credit that Denver Community offers, Mm -hmm. think about that. You only have to think about it once. You apply. You do have to be approved as you take draws. Your credit is checked or your co-borrower's credit is checked as well. And I just think that's a, a better mechanism to use.
0: And you talked about what to ask about for private student loans. What are characteristics of a competitive private student loan? So how low would a rate be, or um are there usually origination fees if it's competitive
1: if it's if it's competitive, it would not have an origination fee okay um because in that because you're actually think about it, you're trying to um we talked about filling gap right sara
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: absolutely so if you take an origination fee out, you're deducting the amount that from my total amount of loan, which means I've got to go find some other funds to cover whatever that origination fee cost is. You would also maybe look at what benefits the private loan offers. So a competitive private loan may offer a reduced interest rate if you use ACH, which would be automatic payments.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Denver Community offers a quarter percent rate reduction when they have their loans go into repayment. How about a co-borrower release? You just mentioned that um, willing to be signed up for your debt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How about the option to to get that debt off of your books as a co-borrower, um, depending That's on nice. <laughs> the program? Yes, it is. Depending on the program, it could be anywhere from twenty-four to forty-eight months that the loan has to be paid on consistently, mm-hmm. and then the co-borrower can be released. And you mentioned lowest rates. Rates could be based on different kinds of indices. I'm going to get into some financial terms here, either LIBOR or PRIME, Mm -hmm. and I won't go into all the explanation about that, but just look at it. Make sure you understand what the um, interest rate is based on, and then look at the margin, what is added to that indices to determine the rate. And rates could be very low, but keep in mind, depending on your FICO score or your co-borrower's FICO score, what the lender publishes as their lowest rate, that still may not be the rate you are eligible for.
0: Mm, So it's definitely worth finding out what would apply directly to you. And do they usually state what the floor or ceiling is for the interest rate, meaning the lowest the um, interest rate can be, which is what they usually advertise, as well as how high it can get?
1: Yes, we're actually obligated under um, regulations to disclose that information, so that is available. So yes, be aware of the floor. Um, And I think that's another mechanism that you might want to check. So uh, different lenders have different floors using whatever margin they use as well as indices they use. So I think that's a very valuable piece and we're obligated, as I mentioned, regulatorily to uh, publish that.
0: Okay, and one thing we didn't discuss, uh, which would be relevant to both private student loans as well as federal student loans, are whether you are penalized for prepayment. This is something I did not even know you could be penalized for until I had a personal loan and kept getting fees for paying more than what was due every month. Interesting that you should say that.
1: Student loans, any funds associated with educational Education loan, a student loan like a Stafford, or a private student loan like mm-hmm. the Student Choice Education Loan through Denver Community, there is no penalty for prepayment. We'll take
0: your money anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair.
1: Okay. And so, that way you
0: would save on interest rates in the long term.
1: Exactly. The goal here is to be able to manage your debt. So if you want to make payments early, then that's wonderful. Then we will accept any lender will accept them. The federal government through the federal program will accept them. So um, paying off debt early, especially student loans, is a great mechanism. So even if you could make payments while you're in school, that might be something you want to think about it because if you have an unsubsidized Stafford or a um, private loan that is accruing interest, then you can be paying some of that interest and you won't have as much to pay. When that interest is added to your principal, in the business it's called capitalization. Mm -hmm. I believe you use the term compound, but it only compounds once. It's only added to your balance once Mm as grace period.
0: Right. And a grace period refers to how long you have before you start paying once you're finished with school.
1: Absolutely, and that's six months um, on the federal side and in most cases on a private student loan.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time and expertise again, Janet. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Sarah. I really appreciate uh, being able to share this good information to your listeners.
0: Yeah, and we'll definitely have you back soon. For more information about this topic, please visit denvercommunity.studentchoice.org. I can be reached via email at education at denvercommunity.coop or under the Twitter handle at Denver Community. Our Clear Money Program website is denvercommunity.coop education. Thanks for listening.